Hi. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show. On this episode, highlighting success off the court, James Wagner of the Manitoba Bisons men's basketball team has been named the Canada West Conference nominee for the National Award of Community Service for Student-Athletes. He talks to me about what he does off the court, why he loves giving back. Also, Brandon Mayor Rick Crest joins me to talk about the Briar, and Clay Young has to interrupt me at some point because it's Clay Young. And finally, how long do you think the world's longest hockey pass is? Well, two Minnesota men set the record recently. They joined my show. You can hear it all on the podcast. Manitoba Bison's third-year forward James Wagner has been named the 2018-19 Student Athlete Community Service Award winner in the Canada West Conference. He'll move forward as the conference's nominee for the 2019 Ken Shields Award in U Sports. And James joins me now on the CJOB Sports Show. James, congratulations on this honor. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Why is off-the-court community service important for you as a student athlete? Um, I think for me... Uh, obviously, being a student athlete, I think you have a kind of a bigger spotlight on you. So it's kind of up to us to provide or be a role model for like the university and you know younger basketball players in uh, Manitoba. And so I think it's important for us to you know really hold up to that on uh, both academically and in the community. And so you're in your third year now. When did you first start to make I guess community service a priority? Was this something you've been doing long before you got to university? Um, I think it kind of started once I got to university. Like, uh, there's a culture, a couple of the older guys when I was here kind of had a priority on that. So I think it kind of carried over. And they, I think each year as I've uh, been a part of the program, and like my role has kind of increased a bit. So, yeah, that's who I kind of picked it up from. So tell us about uh, some of what you've done around the community. Yeah, I've been kind of all over the place. Uh, uh, I'm a part of the University of Manitoba Athletic Council, so I've done some stuff through that, like uh, book buddies and uh, organizing uh, holiday hampers for uh, other families. Then I've done some uh, stuff with uh, helping out with uh, basketball camps from some of my uh, former coaches. I've also, uh, last summer, I volunteered at Deer Lodge, which is a retirement center, and so I did some stuff with the recreation group there, and so that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I think that's most of it. Done some work at Silo Mission, and yeah, it's a pretty heavy load. And this is on top of your athletics, and then also your schoolwork too. Yeah, for sure, it definitely gets busy. But I think it's kind of something that you learn from being a student athlete. It was really the time management skills, and obviously important for later on in life. And what have the interactions been like with uh, some of the people you've been either volunteering with or volunteering for when they see you come in? Um, I think it's. Like, I haven't had any uh, bad experiences. Everything's been really good. People really appreciate it. appreciative, uh, especially with, like, some of the holiday hampers we did. Families, you know, they'll invite you in and want to talk to you. And, like, it's just it feels good to see them so happy. And also with uh, volunteering at Deer Lodge, you know, it's always fun to, like, play bingo with some uh, elderly people. And they always really appreciate you spending your time uh, hanging out with them. So, yeah, it's really fulfilling. What other kind of recreation programs were you doing there? Uh, we'd have bingo. We'd throw some like holiday parties and that kind of stuff. And um, sometimes we would uh, do uh, some like singing and stuff. So yeah, all, all over the place with that. And that sounds that sounds pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a lot of fun to 
heard a lot of good stories and a lot of funny people out there. So yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. And now that you're heading into your fourth year of, you know, not, not right now, but in the fall, how important is yeah. this now to kind of pass that along to rookies that are coming onto the team? Yeah, I think uh, really important. You know, obviously, as I said earlier, uh, some of the older guys passed that on to me. So I think we have a really uh, good group of young guys who not only really good at basketball, but also good students, you know, and obviously have the potential to put in uh, good work in the community. So I think just like getting them involved, pushing them out of their comfort zone to uh, get started early, I think is what I'm trying to do. And in the the release about your award, uh, your coach is quoted as saying that you're the epitome of what a student athlete is and what he thinks what youth sports is all about. What does it mean to hear something like that from your coach? Um, obviously, it feels really good. Uh, something that you know I really try to strive to be a good example and kind of well-rounded as far as just uh, being a good student in the community and also obviously working hard to be a good basketball player. And you know, feels good to. Uh, I uh, get some recognition. So obviously uh, your basketball season is done for this year. What's your school load look like for the remaining couple months? Uh, definitely pretty busy. We're still practicing five days a week, so uh, not too much uh, different than what it was like during the season, but nothing that we can't handle. So yeah, still pretty busy so far. And you're also in pre-med? Uh, yeah, I'm taking a bunch of science courses, which are uh hopefully leading up to that. So it's, it gets a little hectic at times, but no other way around it, really. Well, I uh, wish you the best of luck as you, uh, yeah, your studies are definitely a lot harder than mine were back in the day, but that's okay. <laughs> Not a competition. Uh, James, appreciate your time tonight. Congratulations on this honor. Yeah, thank you very much. That is Bison's basketball player, James Wagner, named the Canada West Student Athlete Community Service Award winner in that conference. And then he will be a finalist now for the 2019 Ken Shields Award in Youth Sports, which is presented to reward excellence in the student-athlete. The recipient exhibits outstanding achievement in three areas, basketball, academics, and community involvement. And as you heard, all his community involvement is its impressive. And this year, he also averaged a 4.5 GPA in the fall term with that pre-med stream of courses. That's very impressive. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's no, it's no bingo at the Deer Lodge, but it's pretty good. Briar starts tomorrow night in Brandon, the wild card game between Brendan Botcher and John Epping. And joining me now is Rick Crest, mayor of Brandon. Rick, how are you tonight? I'm just great. Thanks very much, Christian. I've also asked Clay Young to stick around because he's, he had uh, spent some time in Brandon. And uh, Clay, is there anything you want to talk to the mayor about here tonight? Hey, Rick, how's it going? Well, that's good, Clay. Yeah, Clay and I are good old friends. But uh, Clay, this is the sports show, man. I mean, you're usually in the news department. So, well, Ooh, uh, shots fired. I'm sorry, Mr. Mayor. There's been a little change in the format tonight. Uh, we're going to go straight to some uh, news stories. Uh, um, are you ready for a flood? We're we're in pretty good shape, uh, as you just indicated. The uh, flooding uh, possibilities so far forecasted out here in the Assiniboine and Sirs are not uh, nearly as uh, uh, significant uh, for uh, as for the red, uh, so we are certainly mindful of people uh, in the Red River Valley and up in the Winnipeg that'll be on flood watch. But uh, happily, uh, we're we're not going to be probably as implicated. But we are uh, well geared up. Our infrastructure and our human resources are uh, are 
well equipped, so we're ready for whatever comes along. All right, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I'm going to I'm going to put it back to Mr. O'Mal. This is his show. Yes, it is, Clay. I may have you on my show later in the weekend. You can do that. <laughs> How do you like that, Christian? He that, just stole uh, several of your minutes. I was, expecting him, I was expecting him to do that. It's very apropos of Clay Young. But the segue could be, are you ready for a flood of fans coming in for the Briar starting tomorrow night? That we are, and we uh, couldn't be more excited. This one's been a long time coming, a long time in the making. The last time uh, Brian uh, hosted the Briar was in 1982, so uh, we've been uh, waiting quite a while and patiently, and we've hosted uh, pretty much everything else that uh, uh, Curling Canada has, and uh, now we've been awarded the Briar, so we're really excited about it. So the Keystone Center is just this enormous property, right, that houses, I've never been there, I'm going to head there next week for the Briar, but you've got pretty much everything you could ever need in this facility. Yeah, it's about a half a million square feet under one roof, so uh, apart from the main arena, there's two other um, uh, full-size hockey rinks, plus a curling club and a lot of convention space, so it's basically like our uh, Winnipeg Arena and Winnipeg Convention Center all rolled into one. So for those who are maybe heading to Brandon and haven't checked it out before, what can they do outside of the Briar when the, the draws aren't on? What's there to do for fun? Yeah, well, certainly there'll be lots going on in the Keystone Center. I mean, the, you know, the whole uh, city will be, uh, you know, certainly showing off its hospitality. We've got a great many restaurants and, uh, um, you know, uh, nightclubs and, and the like, you know, lots of shopping, you know, kind of lots of things to do. But certainly there'll be uh, lots going on in the Keystone Center uh, with the Briar. As uh, I'm not sure if you know, uh, Christian, but the Briar Patch mm. was invented here in Brandon in really? 1982 in the last Briar that we held. So it's certainly a, a distinction that we're uh, pretty proud of. And, of course, the patch has become certainly a, a very large part of uh, curling championships uh, everywhere, and it all started right here in Manitoba and good old Brandon. Now, I'm there to work, but I might have to check out the, the patch at least once while I'm there. I'm going to be there for nine days, so I'll, I'll say hello in the patch. But have, are you a curler, Rick? No, I have curled a little bit uh, in, in the past, uh, so I wouldn't, uh, and if anybody that's seen me play would not uh, call me a curler for sure, but mm. uh, I've certainly been involved in, in uh um, helping to bid on and work on a great many of the championships that we have had uh, in the past. Uh, a couple of uh, Scotties, uh, World Curling uh, Championship in the uh, 1990s I was uh, heavily involved in, so I've, I've had a, a great involvement from the uh, organizational side. And so when I became mayor four years ago, I was certainly uh, intent on, on helping our curling community out here in uh, uh, you know attracting and bidding for the briar and it certainly all worked out how much of the fabric of not just brandon but manitoba is curling well it's a very big part you know i think you know any manitoban will know that uh, uh, this province is a is a hotbed of curling you know western manitoba uh, certainly no exception to that. We've got a lot of fabulous curling fans and a lot of fabulous curling organizers. So, I mean, that was really a hallmark of our, our bid for the Briars, that we have uh, just so many people that have uh, been involved in a great many uh, championships, so they know what they're doing. We've got a ice pack, they're called, uh, you know, the, the group that uh, uh, maintains and works on the ice all, all week long, which is certainly uh, critical to the, uh, to the sport. Uh, so we've got everything covered and uh, really in high Manitoba fashion, you know, Manitoba is certainly 
certainly a hotbed. I think maybe one of the uh, you know largest number of uh, you know Briar and Scotty's wins probably do uh, belong to Manitobans. So we're real proud of Curling. And you also have the team representing Manitoba this year, Mike McEwen, who is throwing skip stones on that team from Brandon. That is right. So that's a really good uh, storybook uh, story. Uh, story. He was out here uh, uh, maybe six, eight weeks ago in a little bit of a uh, promotion. Um, we had a little outdoor event, almost kind of a jam pail curling style, and he and I got to throw some rocks together, and we certainly joked at the time, wouldn't it be fabulous uh, if uh, if they could end up uh, being in the briar, and so sure enough, they have, so that certainly will uh, add to it, and uh, Manitobans, who have competed in the Keystone Center and National or World Championships, have, have certainly uh, done pretty well, so quite often, it's got a a uh, you know a pretty good uh, moniker for that so uh, hopefully it does work out for uh, uh, Mike and his rink so I take it you're pretty excited about the next uh, two weeks then absolutely and and uh, certainly no more than our our whole community you know they're real ready over there there's a opening reception tomorrow night opening ceremonies are uh, Saturday around noon so everything's ready to go uh, we'll be you know filling up the community in terms of uh, our hotel rooms. It also has a very significant economic impact on Brandon in our area, estimated at 10 to $12 million. So, wow. I mean, uh, if you're a mayor of any community, you can't sneeze at that, and we're uh, uh, really thrilled about it. Awesome, Rick. Well, I'll, I'll say hi when I come out there next week. Appreciate you coming on the show, and again, my apologies for Clay Young. Yeah, well, you know, it's a cross you got to bear there, Christian, but uh, no, we love the guy, so carry on. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Rick, take care. Good. Thank you very much. thinking cap on how long do you think the world record is for longest hockey pass think 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 904 feet three inches was that was that the number you thought of of course not it was set by minnesotan zach lampa and tom torsky the latter of whom by the way spent almost 600 games in the nhl and has some cup wins Set this past November on Lake of the Isle in Minneapolis. They recently posted the video of the record-setting assist. It's pretty cool. So I thought, let's have him on the show. Zach, what made you want to set a world record? You know, it started off with just a, you know, a want or a thing, right? Driving around the lake every single day watching the thing freeze in 2017 and no precipitation, no snow, and it started looking pretty nice out there, so... Um, I skate men's league on Wednesday nights and it happened to be the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And I just wanted to see how far I could shoot it. You know, it's like, you know, how far can you bowl? How far can you curl? How far can you hit a driver? And I just figured I'd go out there with a hockey puck and a stick and a friend and see if we could shoot it three, four, 500 feet. Really didn't know. I mean, we didn't really understand what it takes and mechanics. Then I started Googling online you know it's just never been done before and uh comes to find out it hasn't been done and and, and i didn't really know the process at the time we, we were kind of just eager to see how far we could stretch one out and we did it you know we, we stretched one out we we had a sasquatch productions out in uh, minneapolis which is a great outdoor production company uh ian fritz happens to be from Detroit Lakes where I live and where the ice was, you know, conducive to this type of a, of a deal. And 
he came out with his cell phone and started shooting a few videos on Friday that after Thanksgiving and he said, Hey, I think we have something here and they brought their production company out on Sunday and uh that's kinda where we are now. So you picked uh, this specific lake. It's in the city of Minneapolis. Why this lake? I mean, what is it? Isn't Minnesota the land of 10,000 lakes? Yeah, it is. And uh, this is Tom Chorsky talking. And so Zach was up in Detroit Lakes, which is uh, north of the Twin Cities. I was down in the Twin Cities. And we had talked about this over the summer a little bit after he had um, gone out last fall and, and kind of played around with it. They used a, um, a golf, you know, yard or yardage uh, range finder and uh i called him up and i said you know the conditions are great down in the cities again and or and and we should we let's find out if we can set a guinness world record and and so uh this is a lake lake of the owls it's really right in the twin cities in the middle of minneapolis and it's a lake that i grew up skating on actually so um the fact that the conditions were great there i just thought wow, this might be kind of fun to try and set a world record on the lake that I grew up on. And, you know, it was Zach's sort of um, idea originally. And then we collaborated and said, let's let's try pulling this thing together here. And, and uh, we got Guinness on the phone, and they were able to get a representative to uh, show up. And we had a couple of officials that uh, were at the st- kind of at the, the starting point and the ending point. And we had a camera crew, and we had a surveyor who was, making sure the distance was um, official and, and um, accurate for how long we had to pass it because Guinness showed up and said, you know, we saw a video of you guys doing this last year, and that one is going to be the starting point. So you have to exceed the distance of the last one you posted on YouTube. So uh, all of a sudden the challenge was real, and um, we, had to, we had to answer the bell, and Zach came up with um, – just a great effort on the first try. We were only going to have three attempts. And on the first attempt, he was able to get all of it. And uh, the puck went over 300 yards. So leading up to this fateful day, Zach, did you A, practice your form to try to maximize distance, and B, were you nervous when the day actually came to try to break the record? Yeah, um, I did. You know, I worked on my mechanics. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, do we know if 900 feet's a long ways? Not yet, because we're, we, need, we need some more people to get out there and try it. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm 6'2", 235 pounds, and I wanted to maximize my mechanics the best that I could. So I shot with Scott Bukestead in Minneapolis. Uh, I worked out. I did yoga. Um, just did my thing. I mean, I'm 42 years old, so I, I want to keep in shape and um, – and I will say that, you know, another thing about the, the shot, and it was a pass. It's the longest pass, and we treated it as a pass. There wasn't a slap shot. It wasn't um, – the puck wasn't really uh, ever left the ice. We, we discovered that the puck actually went further if it was kind of stayed low and stayed flat. And if you got it up too high and it caught any air or wind, you know, it might curve and turn and – so uh, it really was a, a tape-to-tape pass. It wasn't a slap shot uh, that, that was taken, and then I was on the receiving end. And there, there are a lot of variables to Tom's point. And I, you know, it's, it's it's nice ice, but it's not perfect by any means. And so, as far as being nervous, you know, I, uh, you know, not necessarily. I mean, they kind of Guinness, you know, the Guinness sets the rules, and and it's a, it's a, it's a great company to you know to be a part of, and it's an honor, and they set the rules and. 
it was kind of a little bit of drama because Tom and I thought, hey, we go out there and shoot four or 500 feet, which we were practicing that morning because we didn't really know because there wasn't really an official record ever set. So when they hit us with 894, yeah, things got real. And, and with only three chances, it was like, you know, go big or go home, I guess. So are you going to now, Tom, take this record and try to break it again, maybe try to get 1,000 feet? Well, that's a good question. The, the hard part about that is that the conditions don't present themselves very often. And, and certainly now we're <clears throat> several months into winter and the snow has been falling heavily in Minnesota. So despite the fact that there's 10,000 lakes, there's none that uh, are cleared up of 300 yards or more. So the challenge for us or for anyone else that wants to try and break this record is finding a sheet of ice that's smooth enough and open enough to attempt it. And there's really, it's really hard to find once, you know, we've had one of the largest snowfalls. And so, you know, I think we may try to do an event um, together and try to either raise some money or whatever we have to do to create the conditions again so that people could attempt to break it because we expect that there's a fair number of uh, hockey enthusiasts out there that probably think I can shoot it farther than that. And they probably can. Um, so, you know, like I said, finding the conditions is challenging at this point and you really mother nature cooperated, but, you know, going forward, we think it might be fun to hold an event where people could find out that we're going to be uh, setting up a location and we'll make it over a thousand feet. And, you know, maybe it'll be 1200 feet and people can uh, train for it. And that's something we plan to potentially announce in the not too distant future. And, and keep in mind, Tom's closer to a hundred than he is to zero. So he's, <laughs> so, no, I, I, no, I think, I think the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody, I don't have a hockey DB. Um, you know, I, I played collegiately, but in a low, at a low level, if you will. So, you know, our message is, is never been being the last one to, to, to get this record, but being the first one. So I think there's a message there. Well, finally, I guess this is one of those world records where some of them you can just go out on any day, but this one you almost need – it really has to be the start of winter someplace in the north where the snow hasn't fallen yet, but it's cold enough. Some of these like mountain lakes up in Alberta maybe where someone can go out and you see how pristine it is, but once the snow starts falling, you've right. pretty much got to wait another 11 months, right? Correct. Yeah, unless, you know, unless you've got a couple buddies that have a plow on the front of their truck and then you're going to have to – um, probably also find a water source, whether you can pump it from the lake or if you've got a really long hose from your house. But, um, yeah, finding finding the conditions is tough. It's not impossible. But uh, I think it'd be fun to, you know, if we if we could do an event, we'd probably have to artificially go to work on the on the location to create the, the uh, ice surface to uh, attempt to break it. But otherwise, yeah, it might not be, it might be a year, two, three years before the conditions present themselves again. And, and if I can add just one thing, you know, navigating navigating this record isn't necessarily easy. Um, and so we encourage anyone out there that wants to try it, if, if they need help with navigating through how to get it done, let us know. Find us on Twitter, social media, and we can uh, kind of maybe we work together and, and get this thing done. I imagine I, I feel this way, and I think a lot of people probably listening to this will feel this way. 
they feel like, oh, I want to go try that. I want to go try break that. So uh, hopefully we see like a flood of attempts or videos of people trying to try their luck and see if they can break this record. But good, I, good on you guys for setting the pace, if you will. Uh, congratulations on the Guinness World Record, and thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Born to be alive. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts yet.